Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And I mean, like, almost like a clone of you. There's like, so much just like a little, you. a little bit off, like a little bit weirdly off. Especially when they all show up at once in a group and they're asking for your brains. We're all clones. <laughs> I know I'm fine. I am a science fiction and fantasy fan. Give me your brains. So I was just quoting the talking heads. I, I was just creating fan fiction about our fans. Cool. Cool, cool, <laughs> cool. I think it's talking heads. Anyway, doesn't Not matter. Not the talking heads, just but talking heads. More like eating heads. Moaning heads, hungry <laughs> heads. Are you drinking anything, Tom? It's, it's past I know it sounds here. like I am, but I'm not. I, I don't even have water. I'm drink, literally drinking nothing. Did you feel rushed? Did you feel like you had to get to the podcast station very quickly? No, I was actually watching The Force Awakens. Why? Just rewatching it for fun. That's fun. Yeah. I am drinking a Golden State Cider. I am drinking The Force. That's what I'm drinking. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be careful with those mitochondrions. They are very <laughs> calorie heavy. You know, I do this one lady. Midichlorians ended up having a kid. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to mess around with that. <laughs> don't want to mess around with that stuff. It's weird. That's uh, what they put in the pool. Mitochlorians, right? mitochlorians, when you, when you want to kill the algae in your pool, you put in the metachlorine. Metachlorian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get on with it and jump into the quick burns. Yay. Uh, Rob posted that Jim Butcher posted that Jim Butcher is nearly done with peace talks. Uh, that doesn't mean he's solving our problems in the Middle East, sadly, but mm. it does mean a good thing, which is a new Dresden Files book, number 16. Uh, and Rob says, hopefully this means we get the book sometime next year. What do you think? Should I start over from book one to figure out, just like get through all the books or should I pick up where I think I left off? I think you would enjoy starting over from book one. So you should do that. That would be fun. I think if you look at it and say like, Oh, that sounds like work. Then just start off, start where you think you left off or close, right? Maybe reread mm -hmm. one, but mm -hmm. I think it would be fun. And if you agree, then yeah, man, just go relive it all. Because I, I read a number of the Dresden files books. I got, I feel like I got pretty far. Yep. And then I stopped somewhere and then I forgot where I stopped and then I tried to pick it up again. What? In 2013, you had read not read the new one that had come out just then. Why I do you remember know that? that. <laughs> Why do you know that? Because we got a review copy of it. <laughs> That's and right. And I read it, and you were mad at me because I hadn't read any of the previous ones, <laughs> and you hadn't read the new one yet. <laughs> I don't know if you went on to read it or not. That sounds right. That yeah. sounds about right. That sounds like me. That sounds pretty legit. Uh, okay, so I'm just going to reread all of those, I guess. Shouldn't take too long. New fun project. Yeah, you could do audiobooks instead just for kicks. That's what I do oh, with Harry Potter. That, that was fun. I don't have any audiobooks right now. That's a good idea. Yeah. 
I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Deridara says, (laughs) Suzanne Collins is releasing a prequel novel to the Hunger Games series. The untitled Penem book will be set 40, mm, nope, 64 years before the events of the original trilogy and will be about a failed rebellion. Spoiler alert. You can read more about it on U.S. News. I mean, I guess it's a spoiler if you never read any of the original Hunger Games uh, books. But yeah, it's it's taking place the 10th year of the Hunger Games. So the 10th annual Hunger Games would be going on around the time of this book. Uh, And it's it's Pan Am trying to recover from that civil war that -hmm. happened 74 years before the events of the original trilogy. And Lionsgate's already on board to make a movie out of it. (laughs) Natch. Of course. Of course. In fact, Lionsgate said they worked with Suzanne Collins while she was writing it. So they've they've been Mm. in on it from the beginning. I will probably read and watch that. Yeah, I will too. I liked the other, I like the books. I like the movies. And it's interesting because it's far enough back in as a prequel. We could, we talked about this on Cord Killers and Brian Brushwood pointed out it's far enough back as a prequel that it can just be an independent story. They're like only the, the president of Pan Am from the original Hunger Games trilogy would be the only one conceivably who would be alive, but he might not even be involved because he's so young. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Although I I have a hard time with like things where I'm like, oh, well, I know they don't succeed. So what exactly am I reading for if I don't have any hope that they're going to be successful? That's the question. Like, what is this going to be about? Could it be just be about people in the Hunger Games or trying to stop the Hunger Games or get the Hunger Games to be more deadly or you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it obviously isn't about the Civil War because it's 10 years after the Civil War. And we know that it's not the end of Pan Am because that doesn't Clearly. happen. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Time will I'll tell. I'll be curious to find out. Uh, Rob also pointed out that Tatiana Maslany is going to narrate a 10-part book series, audiobooks, of Orphan Black that picks up after the end of the TV show. So more Orphan Black just coming on audiobook. But since Tatiana Maslany played most of the parts, <laughs> it seems fair. Makes sense that she would do the audiobook. That's pretty yeah. great. I guess she'll um, have to do all the parts now, but you know what? I think she's up to it. So, Mr. Cord Killers, were I wanting to watch Orphan Black in its entirety, how would I go about doing that? You would go to just watch <laughs> the app and look up Orphan Black. I think it's on Amazon. I think it's on Prime Video, but they okay. move those things around so much. You just got to check. Got it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it's there. It's there somewhere. It might be on Netflix, actually. BBC puts a lot of their stuff on Netflix now. That's true. Yeah, you know what? Fine. Although I'm they just, were on, you're just gonna look it up. I'm just gonna Amazon look it up. Amazon Prime has that like now I'm that BBC like channel, right? Yeah. Could it be on that? It could be. That's what I mean. They're there's they're all over the place these days. Um and and they keep moving, like deals end and then other people pick up the deals and uh Orphan Black. Where can I watch the Orphan Black? It's on Prime Video still. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Done. I need another thing now that I'm almost through. I have one more episode left of Good Omens. Oh, yeah. One more episode left. That was so fun. I enjoyed that so much. Is that a, is this going to be a limit? All right, we're, we're doing we should, a little, you know what? When you little fin- divergent if, here. If you finish watching it, we should, we should uh, talk about it next week. Okay. But let me just ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so I, I'm curious. Is it a limited run? Is that it? Well, is it just I mean, these six episodes or we what? We read the book. 
I know. You, and spoiler alert, the next episode is going to coincide with the end of the yes, book. Yes, yes. So I have heard rumblings that Neil Gaiman has notes that he and Pratchett made for a follow-up book that potentially could be turned into another series. Uh, but Gaiman is kind of, he, he's been a little cagey about it, but on Twitter, he said something like, you know, without Terry Pratchett, there's no good omens, right? So, mm-hmm. okay. Uh, that's fair. I'd be happy with it. You know, it, it doesn't have to keep going. I I have just so enjoyed. It's so good. David yeah. Tennant and Martin Sheen, like in these roles that mm-hmm. I, I want to keep going with them anyway. Okay. Um, speaking of adaptations, which is pretty much all we've talked about this episode so far. Um, this one kind of blew up my Twitter last week. Tomahome says Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I called him Quentin like as though he were from <laughs> like the, magicians. the magicians. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino is going to make a Star Trek, probably with piles of blood. Get these mother effing triples off my mother effing ship. Um, <laughs> okay, so this is a sci-fi.com story that is total clickbait in some ways. It but is not definite happening. This it is, is like not not definite happening, but so so they're overdoing it in the headline, but he has handed in a script to Bad a Robot. Script, a script exists. Yeah. It sounds like he so wants it to be with the, the the current cast of the film franchise. Um, Simon but, Pegg says Quentin's idea is another thing. Quentin, he, he came into the bad. <laughs> he came into Bad Robot and pitched it, and it's been put in the bank. I think he had us in mind when he came up with the idea. He likes the new cast, but he's so busy with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I can't see him doing it for five or six years. I don't want it. I don't want it. Do I want it? I don't want it. Will I, I watch it? I'll watch it. Do I want it? I don't think so. I do. I do. I don't. I don't know if I want it with this cast. I don't know if I want it with any real cast. Maybe I just want a start a movie set in the Star Trek universe from Quentin Tarantino. I, uh, but it feels so antithetical to the entire. Ethos you don't know of Star Trek. Yeah, I kind of do. He says it's not going to he says it's going to be an R-rated movie. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Does he do anything that's not Quentin Tarantino like? Star Trek uh Discovery is kind of R-rated, right? Ooh. So, ish. I guess. Um I just you just don't dig on swine. I get it. I I don't know, man. I don't I know. There's like already the, I, enough of that stuff. Out, there's enough of that stuff out there. I like Star Trek stuff? because it keeps you know that filth that Quentin Tarantino violence. makes. No, he makes good movies. I'm just saying, like that's violence what I mean. like, and swearing and well, and that's why. Oh god, I, I sound like such a prude right now. <laughs> as you swear, uh, I. That's why I want it to not be the Kirk cast. Yeah, because you don't want to see them like like. In well, that way. It, well, I don't think that you, he seems to think he's cracked the code and how he could tell a story. Maybe he has. Maybe Quentin Tarantino could pull back and say like, hey, I could tell a Star Trek story. Yeah, it'll be a little violent, uh, but you know, it's not going to be Reservoir Dogs. On the other hand, to me, I'd be really interested in seeing him tell like some Romulan Klingon spy tale gangster-ish Quentin Tarantino story set in the Star Trek universe. Okay. I guess. All right. I'm I I'm I'm more open to the idea now than I was a week ago. Mm, mm-hmm. But it still doesn't feel like my speed. 
I'm just going to say it. Once upon a time in Utopia Planitia. Okay. That's what we're going to get. Dara wrote Terry Pratchett's The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents is set to be adapted into an animated film. Uh, The Discworld novel, the 28th in the series and the first for children, has been optioned by German-based Ulysses Film Production, which will make the film alongside Ireland's cantilever media. U.S. writer Terry Rossio, whose extensive credits include Shrek, Aladdin, and Pirates of the Caribbean, has written the screenplay. The story, if you're unfamiliar, follows Maurice, a streetwise cat, uh, and not just like a cool cat, but like an actual cat who has the perfect money-making scam. He finds a dumb looking kid who plays a pipe and has his very own horde of rats who are strangely literate. When mm. Maurice and the rodents reach the stricken town of bad blints, they discover that something very bad is waiting in the cellars and they hope to release the film early 2022. Who could have expected that a place called bad blints would have something very bad Waiting for them. Mm, it's almost like it's written in the name. Who could possibly have known? I love all this Terry Pratchett stuff. I'm so happy. I mean, the the TV show, just like it, it feels so. Not you know the TV show of Good Omens. Going mm-hmm. back to that again. Yeah, yeah. Like I know it was written by Neil Gaiman, but it feels like the the. It just feels so Pratchetty. I love it. Well, because I know no one else could it, do but- that. Mm-hmm. except Neil Gaiman because he wrote it with Terry Pratchett so he can channel him. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Uh, Dara Dara says again, uh, George R. R. Martin because he doesn't have enough to do. Mm. That's me. That's an editorial comment. Mm-hmm. Has written a video game called Elden Ring with Hiritaka Miyazaki. The game is from the same studio that made Dark Souls and Bloodborne. The game is an RPG and Martin created the mythos from the Polygon article. Collaborating with George R. R. Martin to create the Elden Ring mythos has been genuinely delightful experience and a source of wonderful inspiration, said Hidetaka Miyazaki, game director on Elden Ring, in a press release. Yeah, man. Um, I know it's it's fashionable to sling mud at George R. R. Martin and go, oh, why was he doing this instead of spending time? Uh, turns out people do more than one thing at a time, and uh, sometimes they need a break to do other things, to keep the mind fresh, to make the other thing happen. Uh, And this is not directly him not working on Winds of Winter for you. So leave George (laughs) R. R. Martin alone. Uh, It does sound like what he did was just kind of sat down and said, hey, I'm good at creating worlds, which he really is. Mm -hmm. Let me create a world for your video game, uh, which is awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I think it's coming out on Xbox. I'll give that game a go. Will you now? Maybe. On your Maybe. Xbox One X? I'm an X-Bone. Your X-Bone? <laughs> oh, you don't yeah. have the X. You just have the bone. I do. No, I. Oh, no, I do have the X. You have the Bone X then. Yeah. <laughs> the bone X, X-Bone X. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. All right. Well, thank you so much to everyone who contributed. You can add your own links Coming to things to that are happening. PlayStation 4 and Windows PC. Really? No Xbox? No X-Bone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Guess I won't play that game. I do have a PC. I don't play it anymore. No, you could. I could. I could. It still exists. Yeah. It's here. All right. Now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. We have a book review from Beth Meacham. Are you ready? Yes. The Martian Chronicles, Ray Bradbury. 
I read this hashtag book when I was young and loved the powerful evocation of place and loss. Reading it again decades later is like revisiting my childhood by meeting myself on the desolate hills of lost Mars. Hey, Mars needs women. <laughs> nice. Whoops. Nice illusion there at the end. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. I keep doing that. That's from freaking Jim Carrey and freaking uh, Dumb and Dumber. I'm quoting Dumb and Dumber. Okay. It keeps happening. It's the That's, cider. It's the cider know, talking. It's the cider in me. It's the cider in me. <laughs> like uh, the killer inside me, except cider instead of a killer. So not as violent, which is good because as we know, Veronica doesn't like violence. I don't. And then JP says, my wife and I were shopping in a used bookstore today, and this was outside the store, thought of you and Sword and Laser. It is an image. It is an image from a clapboard that says, any book you haven't read is a new book. Heart used books. I know many authors uh, who would dispute that on their <laughs> royalty statements, but it's a nice I sentiment. Like it. I do. It's a I nice like sentiment. It. Oh, I agree. Uh, I was trying to think of this when we were talking about the Martian Chronicles uh, with the amazing Beth Mitchum review. I was watching Star Trek Voyager because we're doing it for autopilot, which is a current geek segment we do. And in the caretaker, the pilot of Star Trek Voyager there, if you remember, is a, a sort of a thing where they go onto this array that seems to be the thing that captured them from the Alpha Quadrant. And when they show up, it's like a holodeck of old-timey people offering them lemonade and just come on up on the porch and now I'm going to play my banjo. And I I thought, this has to be an homage to the Martian Chronicles. Hmm. Because there's that one story where they, they show up and everybody's like, well, just come on down. It's going to be fine. And it's like a 20s era town. In the Martian did Chronicles, did I read that one? Yes, you did. It's towards the towards the end. No, that I didn't read that one because I never finished it. Oh, uh, I thought you would have finished it by now. No, I've been reading *Air of Navran*. I don't think you get to start the Dresden Chronicles over again oh, until you finish the Martian really? Chronicles. Yeah, no, come Chronicles on. before Chronicles. Come on. <sighs> Fine. Did you read Last Unicorn at least? I did. I finished it. I finished it. I finished it. And I read it in paperback. Yeah, me too. Did you have a Patrick Rothfuss quote on the front? Sure did. That said it was the best book ever. And if you've even if you've read it, you should read it again. Don't agree with that. Talked about I, that at the book club meeting. Anyway, yeah. let's save it. Save it for the wrap up. Well, that was my uh, attempt to help you transition. To the oh, that was a transition into the wrap up. <laughs> cool, cool. So we are wrapping up <laughs> The Last Unicorn by Peter S. Beagle. Um, a lot of you haven't finished reading it yet because we are really only at June 19th. It'll be the 20th when this comes out. So That's I get okay. it. I get Just it. Just pause. Pause right now. We know there's some of you always read it by the first and are fine. But uh, we are going, we're going to, because of summer schedules and stuff, we're going to be recording our kickoff episode for July. We'll talk about that in a second. Next week, then we're going to have a, 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 a kind of a blank space and we wouldn't be able to properly wrap it up. And then we'd be talking about it seven times in a row. So we're just going to wrap it up today. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, let's talk about our own feelings first. <sighs> well, 
I've been kind of down lately mm-hmm. because actually, no, that's not true. I've been kind of pretty excited lately, pretty happy lately. <laughs> okay. But I should only be talking about my feelings regarding the book, right? Uh, no, you can talk about your feelings if you feel like you <laughs> need to share. You. I'm glad. That's very nice. Um, but no, I, this is not a place for me to talk about hockey and the Stanley Cup. Oh, uh, congratulations on your blues. Crazy. 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 It's, I will, will not turn Sword Laser into a hockey podcast, but for anybody who's like, I don't understand uh, sports puck, uh, the team that I have followed my entire life has never won the NHL championship, the Stanley cup. And they, against all impossible odds, not only were in last place on January 3rd, hired and uh, fired their coach midway through the season, but then came back and won everything. So pretty amazing season. Congrats. So that's why I'm feeling pretty happy lately. Uh, but how I'm feeling about the last unicorn was, it was a slow burn. It mm-hmm. took me a while to really enjoy it. It was not one that I was picking up because I wanted to read every time. Mm-hmm. And it feels very, I alluded to this on the last episode, feels very trippy, 60 stonery fun. But I keep trying to remind myself that a lot of what he was doing had never been done. Yeah, or, we or, talked about that. That's that's kind of what Josh was saying when we met at uh, book club meetup this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was uh, it it was in the end a very enjoyable diversion, uh, a very good fantasy. In that, while now it probably doesn't feel that different, back then it was like you got your Arthurians, you got your Tolkien. And that's it. Everything's super serious and dramatic. And this was just lighthearted, like, mm, what if a unicorn just, uh, you know, wanted to go find other unicorns and didn't know where they were. And there were battles and mysteries. And it's kind of like the the uh, the odyssey of fantasy stories. She, she just sort mm-hmm. of okay. travels around ha- having adventures uh, and eventually trying to get the golden fleece. Except yeah. she's the fleece because she's a unicorn. She's kind of the fleece. <laughs> or maybe the other unicorns are the fleece. Yeah, yeah, the other unicorns would be the fleece. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, How do you feel about it? I, I, I feel like it came in waves for me. Mm. Like I liked the, like the beginning. The I liked much, ooh, much like the unicorns. Yes, I, I liked the beginning. I kind of liked it when she got captured in the kind of sideshow. Freak show. Yeah, aspect. that was an interesting description. That was an interesting part. Yeah. Kind of lost me when they went into the um Robin Hood zone. Okay. I was a little bit like, mm, I don't really know what's going on here. This is not super interesting to me. And then it felt like the turning her into a woman. I totally like I've had a few people be like, I was so curious about what you guys were talking about on the show when you said that you hit a point where you were like, oh, this is kind of not really what I was looking for. Mm. Like not super interested in, mm-hmm. in, and then of course we were talking about when she is turned into a human. Yeah. And yeah, that, that to me still felt like a little bit of a lull that whole time in the castle. Um, and with the, the King and the boyfriend and all that stuff. Like I, I kind of started waning a little bit in my interest. I just wanted her to go back to being a unicorn. Yeah. Uh, I, I was like, hey, it's called Last Unicorn, not Last Unicorn and Becomes a, a Princess. Not Sad Lady. Not Unicorn. Oh, wait, Last Sad Lady. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it just took, and yeah, I'm not sure you could tell the story he, the way he wanted to tell the story without doing that, but it took a long time to get to like, um, uh, there they are. Okay. And now we're bringing the can now we're ending the curse. And that, you know, like mm-hmm. once all that started happening, I was back on board, but yeah, the whole time in the castle felt a lot like milling about. I still don't really understand why the Red Bull at the end just kind of gave up. And kind of like walked into the ocean and let all the unicorns and the unicorns were free. Like Schmendrick kind of says something like, oh, like he doesn't actually want to fight. He just wants to control or something like that. And I was like, "Mm, that doesn't really explain it. Well, I thought she defeated him, basically. That's kind of how I took it. He just, if I remember correctly, just kind of walked into the ocean well, she 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 got mad. She when bopped him. Lear, and, yeah. Did she bop him? Yeah, I thought so. Hmm, okay. <laughs> Shows how much I did. She bop him. Shows well, how much I, I was maybe I'm attention. remembering wrong then, but yeah. <laughs> um. Anyhow, it was it was fine. It was a fine. I thought it was fine. It was cute. It was fine. It was funny. There were funny moments. Yeah. I thought the writing obviously was very clever, very well done, very modern. Um, kind of taking those fantasy tropes and turning them on their head a little bit. But and when it you wasn't consider like, it was written I, in I the 60s, it it's extremely best. modern, right? Yeah. Like I, I, but I wouldn't say it was the best book of all time. And if you've read it before, you should read it again? I don't know if I need to read it again. Mm. Maybe I'd watch the movie. I wonder who could direct this movie to do it justice. Did you not think that? Who did uh, The Shape of Water? What's, how do you, uh, Alfonso, or no. Um, mm. The director. Yeah. I'm Googling furiously. I'm just blanking. Was it Alfonso Cuaron? No, Cuaron? Well, no it was Roma. not him. He did Roma. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was Guillermo, Guillermo del, del Toro. Thank yeah. you. Everyone else. I, I thought that was who it was, but I didn't want to say Guillermo it. Guillermo del Toro, maybe, yeah. could do Last Beagle. Or Last Beagle. <laughs> the Last Beagle. Now that is a book I want to read. <laughs> that is relevant to my interests. Absolutely. What if it's just a retelling of The Last Unicorn, but it's a beagle? And it's like a post-apocalyptic world where a beagle is like, man, I seem to be the last dog. Uh, but there's other dogs that are shepherds and border collies, but they don't seem to be any more beagles. What are all the beagles with? Where have all the beagles <laughs> gone? So that would be the song. That would be the theme yeah, song. That'd be yeah. the obvious opening, opening, obviously opening theme for obviously. the last beagle. So yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I. I. But I'm really like. I almost want to like ping Rothfuss and be like, "Why though? For real? Like why though? For real?" I thought your book was better than his book. <laughs> well, he can't say that. No, of course he can't say that. Yeah, I, I get it, though. Like, there is prose that is unmatchable in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. There, there is style that is incredible. Uh, it is not meant to be strong on plot. And I feel like both of us are objecting to it on that grounds. And that's not the kind of book it is. You know what? You know what I have to say? In Calabria was like one of my favorite short stories I've ever read. And mm-hmm. that is also Peter S. Beagle and also has to do with the unicorn. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was like a fantastic story. Yeah. 
And so maybe this one just wasn't for me, like story-wise. Yeah, yeah. But he's a phenomenal writer, author, clearly. Is it a hero's journey? Maybe that's why we're all addicted to hero's journeys now. I I want some story structures that aren't hero's journey. That's a good. Why don't we put that out to the audience? Give us some give us some books that are not hero's journey. What is there if not hero's journeys? But but there cannot be a good story that isn't the hero's journey. And what is it what makes a hero? What's and the difference between a main character and a hero? Yeah. Well, does a main character always have to be a hero? Yeah. Does it always have to go through a transformation? I'm sure know. there's plenty the of good examples. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so we had some, oh, excuse me. I had a little, little, little burpsy there. Excuse me. Um, we had some good reads posts about this. Uh, Buzz said, it reads like a parable. Mm. I'm only a few chapters in, but I'm really enjoying this book so far. Is it just me or does the prose read somewhat like a parable? The reading experience so far reminds me of The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Does anyone else get a similar impression? Well, Tessie Dave says the same thing we did. Uh, Unicorn Turning Into a Woman kind of lost him. I do like the writing style. I'd like to try other books by Beagle. Colin called it a fairy tale. Uh, and Buzz says, eh, tomato, tomato, fairy tale parables, kind of the same thing. Once you finish chapter nine, you're safe to read the spoiler, uh, <laughs> says Tessie Dave, but we just spoiled it. So yeah, um, I, I think it does read like a fairy tale. And maybe that's the appeal here is if you're like, I want a fairy tale, but I want it to be on steroids. I don't want it to be flimsy, grim. You know, I I want it to have substance. This is a really substantive fairy tale. Okay, but so so a parable, the definition of a parable is a succinct didactic story in prose or verse that illustrates one or more instructive lessons or principles. It differs from a fable in that fables employ animals, plants, inanimate objects, or forces of nature as characters, Whereas parables have human characters, a parable is a type of analogy. Okay, fine. So Veronica just literal nutted buzz. It is literal nutted, but, but I, I think want he meant, to. I think he reason, was using parable to say fable, right? But the mm, but the mm, reason ahead, I'm I'm asking is like what what is the lesson? What lesson did I learn? Whether it's a fable or a parable, uh, what is that's the what lesson? That's what makes it more that of a fairy tale. I think you're right. I don't feel like I learned anything. I from don't the story. think you're meant to. Either I don't think it's a it's a a, a, it's telling you like and so therefore you should never turn yourself into a human. (laughs) Don't trust magicians. Never seek for the rest of your species. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that. Yeah, I'm not sure there is. I mean, I'm sure you could find some lessons. Uh, I can already hear people typing away on Goodreads. Uh, The lesson I pulled out of it is, yes, there are lessons, but I don't think that's the purpose of the story. Mm hmm. Which mm-hmm. with p- p- fables and parables, the purpose is we are teaching you that a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Right. Unless you, you own the bush. Yeah. Jesus invented the parable. Did you know that? Is that true? I guess that's what I read on the internet real fast. It's in the Bible because he said the word. So I guess I he mean, invented it's, it. Certainly uh, he owns the branding. Totally. Totally. Um, and you then real to pick fast. pick a religious fight suddenly? I don't know. I just, I found that interesting. It was like in the, the definition that like Jesus said, like whatever, Where are you it doesn't reading matter. This definition. Google. It says. Google's not a source. Google says a parable is a simple story. Used Where to are illustrate, they pulling their definition from? I don't know. Ah, Let me finish. That's a problem. Can you, Tom, 
Tom, slow your roll here. I'm trying to read this definition from Google. It says, a simple story used to illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson as told by Jesus in the Gospels. Quote, the parable of the blind men and the elephant. As an example. Fine. It says, quote. So Jesus said it, I guess. And where is the source? They don't source things. This is how like they steal those licks from from genius. And, no, and they don't didn't quote steal it. It's such a hot, oh, such clickbait. You didn't fall the, for that. Oh my I god! I totally fell for it. I felt. How is it not true? They put because anyway. what happened is they have partners who provide the lyrics. They cite those partners, and the partners stole the lyrics from Genius. And Google didn't know the partners were doing that. Okay. Well, still. Everybody should be more careful about attribution. Really, everyone should just get outraged all the time about everything. Oh, are wait, you they already calling are. me outraged? Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm <laughs> just saying that Google stole Jesus's quotes from <laughs> Rap Genius. Uh, very obviously, it is clear. <laughs> That's all I'm saying here. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they just say dictionary, and they don't tell you what dictionary Which they're pulling dictionary? it from. Uh I totally fell for something today where it was like a list of of words that had me- meanings to feelings that you might have. And they were all from a fake dictionary. And so I read all of them. I'm, this is really interesting. And then I was mm. like, oh, they're all made up words. <laughs> but what even is a made up word? <laughs> all words are made up. Paulo said, uh, so like many others, I'm excited about reading Last Unicorn. And also like many others, I'm having trouble finding a copy. And then I stumbled upon these links. So this is a story. This is a sad story that is very confusing. And essentially, I heard about this a while ago because there was a, a couple of fundraisers going around. But it seems that Peter S. Beagle had some, some legal trouble with a representative, an agent, um, who allegedly, I, I don't know how this thing has turned out. I'm not an expert in this field. Um, like stole a lot of money from him or misrepresented him. We don't have to get into this too much, but a lot of people were asking about why they couldn't get audiobooks or why they couldn't get the Kindle link um, for this book. And it has to do, I believe, with this in some way. So there's a there's a thread about this on Goodreads if you're interested. A lot of this we can't substantiate with with uh sources. Um so with Tom, do reliable. you want to talk about this reliable sources? Yeah. Uh, um- yeah, I, it's not that I don't doubt there's a dispute. There's very definitely a dispute. Uh, dispute. Uh, there is a Snopes article about Peter S. Beagle that says he's not dying. Uh, he's not broke. Uh, he's, you know, he's certainly probably he's probably not doing as well as he should, given the success of The Last Unicorn. But he he is not in financial difficulty. Uh, and this article says that there was a lawsuit set to go to trial in January 2018 uh, with Connor Cochran. Uh, who is the manager that they are alleging elder abuse and, uh, and and financial problems. And now apparently the publisher has gone bankrupt and there's bankruptcy proceedings. So everything isn't finished yet and we don't know where the money is going to go. And so, yeah, uh, Paulo was, was citing a, a website that I've never heard of and I don't know who they are. Uh, and they have a lot more details that I don't know where they're getting them from. And I don't feel comfortable passing those along, but there definitely is a dispute between Beagle and his manager and who owns the intellectual property. There's all kinds of things that can happen. Sometimes it's not fraud. Uh, Sometimes both parties are wrong. And sometimes uh, legitimately authors just get bilked out of their intellectual property because that's the way copyright law is written in the United States. 
it does seem like Peter S. Beagle got the short end of the stick here. And because of that, that's why you can't get a lot of versions of The Last Unicorn right now, which sucks because it's a great book. You know, our, our yeah. reservations on it behind uh, to, to the side, you should be able to get it. And Peter S. Beagle should benefit from you getting it. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So thanks, Paulo, for uh, adding some color commentary to this uh, conversation. Um, and y'all can go out and, and learn what you can about the situation and uh, enjoy the book nonetheless. Next week, we will be back for another episode and announce our first guest pick. Woo! Uh, be the first to know who it is and what they're picking by joining the Patreon, patreon.com slash sword and laser, or you can just wait for Rob to announce it on Goodreads too. <laughs> he, he does that pretty fast after we announce it. Uh, that also works. Did we not talk about it on the last episode who it was? Nope. It's, it's still secret. Secrets. We have not mentioned who the person is. Who the person is. Did I gender them just now? Not yet. Okay, good. I will stop talking about it so I don't accidentally do that. Hey, folks. Our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you so much to all of those who back our show. If you want to help us out, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us voicemail at 4157-SWORD6. We'll see you uh, immediately in the feed because I'm going to be publishing two podcasts back to back. Woo, bonus time. Talk to you then. Bye. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.